Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A record-breaking year for life insurance payouts. Um, $100 billion was paid out in 2021 from life insurance companies to beneficiaries. So um, that is actually an 11% jump from 2020, which represented the largest year-over-year increase, 15% since 1918 influenza pandemic. Mm. so that's crazy so um <clears throat> all right life insurance yeah whenever i have a, a financial planning call for ey university i always get the most questions about life insurance it's an ongoing thing like every single time so it's never a bad time to talk about life insurance because i realized that so many people still have so much questions about life insurance but i want to talk about it but i want i want to get you guys opinions on it before I, before i start talking about it so yeah all right, $100 billion was paid out last year from life insurance companies to beneficiaries. So what's your initial thoughts on that? I'm a little conflicted, to be honest with you, right? To be, uh, For a couple of reasons. The first reason is that if it's paid out, that means people actually had it. And I'm telling you, when we sat down 15, 20 years ago, and we were talking about life insurance, it was not even a topic in our community. Like nobody was even interested in hearing about it. Now out of that hundred billion, I'd be interested to see how much it was paid out for communities that look like us. That is a statistic I would like to see, but (laughs) I don't know, is it encouraging? I'm torn. I'm honestly just torn about it. Why are you torn? Because if it, we know that that that's a form of of, uh, a way to generational wealth right like for our communities that hasn't been obeyed but we know that it is now and obviously what you're doing and everybody is doing in the financial literacy movement talking about it and showing how it can be a builder block for generations that are here outside of us 100 billion is obviously a huge amount i'm just saying how much of us are represented in those numbers right so like yeah it's great that people are aware that life insurance can be a building block are we aware are we represented inside that 100 million billion well, that's we should a be. Good question. Uh, should be. Yeah, I mean, but... I, 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 that's what I'm saying. I'm torn. I don't. I, I'm conflicted on it. I don't know. Uh, What's your um, thoughts? To, to be honest, um, I haven't done enough research on this topic, so I think it would be a disservice to the audience, myself, and this amazing show, to give commentary that is not based on fact or research. Um, I know some people think I just rant because you know, <laughs> rant uh, I like attention. This this is backed by God <laughs> and the work that I put in. So I don't um 
but Troy, your point is really interesting. I wonder how much of those payouts were dispersed to us, especially from the conversation that we had with Don mm-hmm. uh, Peoples last night. I would estimate probably less than 15%, but I do want to give a homework assignment um, for the money that has been dispersed over the last five years to the audience, how much of that goes to black and brown families. Um, and it's not because we're not applying, because I know a lot of people say, well, if people apply to get it, I have personally went through situations when family members have poured into a policy for 20 and 30 years and did not get their projected earnings upon uh, supposed to get that, that death benefit. But I think it would be a disservice for me to speak yeah. on this one. You said 15%, you think? He just, I he mean, just, that, that, that's, I'm just saying, like, that's, so, I mean, well, all right. So the thing about that's it, that's a high ceiling. That, that's a high ceiling. So, so there's, two, me, there's two different colors. really quick because, like, even, even when we do have it, I feel like, especially like if people have insurance through their life insurance through their job, the amount is like so low, right? Like, even when I, I told people when I was 25, like, I have a million dollar policy, it was like, how did you do that? Like, why would you do so much? And I'm like, well, it's for the years that when I'm gone. So the mindset wasn't even there, but I mean, this this guy's the expert at it. I, I like Come on, Shadi. Come on, let, let go crazy. I feel it. Well, I feel like yeah, there's two different conversations having happening. Um, if we're taking advantage of it or not, that's a conversation that we we don't know. We'll have to see the numbers. I would suspect that there has been an uptick, but I would think that we're still underinsured as a community. I would. I would think that mm-hmm. we're still underinsured. Now, that's one conversation. Mm-hmm. The other conversation is, okay, $100 billion is being paid out. We understand that life insurance is one of the fastest and easiest ways to grow generational wealth mm-hmm. because you're pretty much paying for, for money, pennies on a dollar, right? Like if you have a life insurance policy, it's a million-dollar policy. Let's say you've paid $100,000 of premiums before you died, then you've mm-hmm. purchased $1 million for 100000 Mm-hmm. That's a good deal in, in anybody's book, right? Um, so, but it's important to understand the life insurance that you're actually getting and how the process works. So like even when Ian was saying that, you know, a lot of people, they might have paid into a policy for 20 years or 30 years and then they don't they don't actually get or the policy, you know, expires or explodes or different things like that because not all life insurance is created equal. That's yes. something that's extremely important to understand as well. So when you're buying your life insurance policy, it's important to be educated on, on what you're purchasing. It's just like anything else. Like if you're purchasing a home or if you're purchasing a car, every car is not the same. Every home is not the same, right? You have to be educated on what you're actually purchasing so you can have the most efficient outcome when it comes to that. So briefly, because I've talked about this a few times, but term insurance, very important to understand. Um, that is the lowest costing insurance, lowest premium. It lasts a term, you know, 10, 15, 20 year term where you pay a premium. You have a death benefit. Let's say you have a 20 year term policy, right? You pay a premium for 20 years. And if you pass away before that 20 years is over, then your beneficiaries get money. Um, Now, the problem with term insurance is that I think like 97% of term insurance policies don't actually end up getting paid out because most people don't die within the term. So to get insurance, you have to be approved for insurance, right? And there's underwriters. So they're usually not going to approve somebody that has a high probability of dying within a 20-year term. So anybody can die at any point in time, but you go by odds, right? And it's mathematical Mm -hmm. statistics. So it's like the odds of somebody that's 25 and they're healthy dying in a 20-year 
next 20 years is relatively low. So now you can afford as an insurance company to give, you know, insurance to a lot of different people because you know, only a few people is actually going to die. And the few people that do die, the other, you know, 97% of people that don't die, those premiums are going to make up for that. Um, but it's still beneficial because some insurance is better than no insurance. And if you don't have a budget for anything else, then term insurance can be a good option. And then you have whole life insurance, which lasts your whole life. And it also builds cash value. The cash is money that you can actually use while you're alive. Now, a lot of people have criticized whole life because they say that it's too expensive and they don't want to mix investing with permanent insurance. It's your own personal prerogative on that. There's pros and cons for it, but the general idea of it is that it lasts your whole life, but there is a hybrid approach, uh, guaranteed protection, universal life. We've talked about this at EYL university a long, a mm -hmm. lot where this is a pretty much like a lifelong term policy. So you're paying premiums. And as long as you pay a premium, you have a death benefit. So that's extremely beneficial because now if you don't want to mix investing with insurance and you just want, you know, the clean cut, just whatever I pay for, I'm going to get, you know, if I die, my family gets money, then that's, that's an option. And the premiums are less than whole life insurance, but they're more than term. So you kind of get in the middle ground for that. Now, where people come into problems with their policy, a lot of times where they don't fully understand it is universal life policy, index universal life policy and variable universal life policy. This is life insurance that's tied to the stock market. Now, this is where it kind of becomes a little tricky because there's a lot of variables that go into play. So this is a hybrid type of insurance policy where you're actually mixing insurance with investing. The problem with this is that if you don't fully understand it, and in times like even now when the stock market is down, now that can draw on your cash value and negatively affect your insurance policy. So this is something that you have to be extremely educated on. If you're going to mix the life insurance with investing, mm -hmm. you have to know how much money you're putting in. You really want to overfund the policy in that scenario to make up for any down years in the stock market. And you have to be careful when you take money out. So like I said, I can go on for this for a long time, but I, I just I wanted to two just... cool questions for you. I'm going to cut you off. I want you to finish budget before we go to the next one. I do have two cool questions for you. Cause I think it helped all you good. Um, if you, let's say a person is making a hundred thousand dollars a year, what is the multiple that they should have for the death benefit when they pass? So yeah, good question. And you know, of course it goes by like, if you have a family or a house, but rule of thumb is that you should always have probably 10 times your income. So if you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year, you should have at least a minimum of $1 million life insurance policy. Mm -hmm. You might need more. Like I said, if you have kids, if you have a mortgage, you might even need 2 million or 2.5 million. But at the very least, you need 10 times your um, your income. That's like, you know, rule of thumb. And that might seem like a lot, <clears throat> but it's really not. So if you think about it from a standpoint of, all right, let's take a million dollar policy, right? And let's say you're making, let's say you're even making $50,000 a year. So we'll do 20 times your, your income from this area. Let's say you're making $50,000 a year, right? Um, now you have a million dollar policy. So 
what happens is that when you die, your beneficiaries have an option usually, and this is why it's important to educate your beneficiaries as well, but your beneficiaries usually have an option where they can take a lump sum or they can take, um, it's, it's kind of like a checkbook where the insurance company will send them a checkbook and they can just draw off of the insurance policy whenever they need the money. But let's say that they actually just take the lump sum of $1 million. The million dollars is going to be a tax-free uh, million that's going to be to your family nine times out of 10. So you get a million dollars. So now the the worst thing that you can do is just give somebody a million dollars with no plan because yeah. we know that they're going to blow that million dollars very, very easily, right? So now, and this is what Storm Leroy was talking about. If you set the million dollars up, well, you can set it up in the trust or even if you don't set it up in the trust, you could just give them directions on how to actually invest it. And let's say that they, they just invest the money in long-term conservative index fund, right? And they're drawing, <clears throat> let's say they, they draw 5% off of that. Um, why do I say 5%? Because that, the Monte Carlo stimulation factor is that if you draw 5% over the course of time, then you'll never run out of money. That's like a retirement formula. So if you take 5% from a million, that is $50,000, right? So that's really replacing your income in that scenario. So when you look at it from that standpoint, if you look at, okay, even if you go higher, you'll say even if you take 7% off of every single year, every year you take a 7% off and that's higher for people that's taking money from, from their accounts. Now you have $70,000 a year. Still, that's still it doesn't seem like that much money, right? You're just replacing your income pretty much. So it's not like you're, so if you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year, you're probably walking away with $65,000. So if you have a million dollar life insurance policy and you're drawing seven, seven percent, 70,000, you're pretty much just replacing your income at that point in time. So this is why it's beneficial to have more than, and you got to realize too, if you're making a hundred thousand dollars and you have a hundred thousand dollar policy, I mean, that's just one year. Like you might live yeah. for what mm -hmm. your family's going to need money for 20 years. Your family's yeah. going to need money for 30, 15 years. So it's important to think bigger. So that was kind of a long answer to the question, but I just wanted to rationalize. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Because I know if I just say, like, you need a million dollars worth of insurance, yeah. people are like, I don't need a million dollars. Like, I'm not, I don't even have a million dollars. Why would I need a million dollars? Well, yeah. hey, that's not the best way to think about it because you want to leave more money than you have. But also just from a pure practical standpoint of replacing your income because that's what life insurance is for um you're going to need a bigger number to replace what you're currently living on yeah plan for the future because you're going to be older a lot longer than you're going to be younger but I'll, I'll ask you this based on your expertise in the field and being in the field for over 13 years when you see an article like that seeing 100 uh, billion is paid out um i think they said in the article like 46 million policies were were, were sold in in 2021 which was a 6% increase. However, the actual coverage amount has gone down. So like people are getting mm -hmm. policies that actually less, which is kind of what I was thinking. Like, yes, are we involved? What type of policies are we getting? Obviously the whole life in terms, all those, so, but the amounts are going down. I think like one and a half percent. So what, what does that say to you when you look at that? 
what we'll say that again we'll like frame the question so pretty much seeing that seeing these statistics right and knowing that more people obviously are you looking at it is it a courage encouraging sign or like all right you know what people still don't get it just these numbers should be higher well i don't know if they should be higher because i mean 100 billion dollars is a lot of money yeah so and it's an all-time record mm-hmm. so i think that people are but also we have to understand that people are are dying too i mm-hmm. think this is like one of the first years where the projected life expectancy has actually decreased a little bit. So, wow. you know, you got COVID, COVID yep. you got, but outside of COVID, right. You have just unhealthy lifestyle for Americans, period. High blood. And this is, this is something that's extremely important. Everything ties in together. So when we're talking about finance, you have to talk about health because the two go together. And especially in a life insurance conversation, especially with black people. So black people, traditionally have had harder times getting life insurance and have had higher rates. One of the reasons for that is because of their medical state. So black people on average have diabetes at a higher rate than a regular population, have high cholesterol at a higher rate than a regular population, have high blood pressure at the high, at a higher rate than a regular population and are over are overweight more than the regular population. This is something that is extremely detrimental to not only your physical, you know, situation, but also for your economic situation, because now that's going to determine if you can get life insurance, if your life insurance policy is going to be higher. So that's part of the conversation as well. Um, And as far as, you know, people dying. So when you're planning your financial plan, you have you have to have your life in order and you have to you have to be in shape. You have to, you know, take care of yourself. You have to eat good. These are all things that, you know, go hand in hand. Your physical health and your financial health are usually related. I learned this early on when I was first started working in finance. Most successful CEOs are in shape. Of course, there's always going to be exceptions to the rule. I get it. But if you look at, if you take a survey, very rarely do you see a successful CEO not in shape. The The two go hand in hand. Or discipline. Practice, yeah. Exactly. So this is something that's extremely important to, to talk about because, um, you know, if we're dying, that's bad. But if we're dying and not even having any life insurance, that's even worse. Yeah. And that's mostly, I mean, for a long time, that was the situation. We're dying with nothing and leaving. Like you used to say this to, uh, uh, I, I remember being here on, on the Saturday calls, it would be like, not only are you leaving nothing, but you're actually leaving debt because the people who are left behind now have to pay for your funeral and they didn't have the money to pay for it. So now they have to figure out how to even afford to bury you. So people, I mean, that's why I said, man, that 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 line of planning for the future mm-hmm. is so, so, so vital, um, especially to our community. We, ha- we have to look at it. We have to have the mindset, mindset to change how we view the world and how we view life. I remember just even trying to have a conversation about life insurance to like my coworkers and they'd be like, hey, I'm, about, I'm not thinking about dying. And yeah. it's kind of like, we have this mindset where it's like, Yo, if we get it, we get life insurance, we curse we're, like waiting, we're yeah. waiting to die. It's like, no, no, it's not really, a, it's just education. That's all it comes down to, education. And I, I think it's undeniable that the healthcare space is uh, incredibly important, whether it's on the life insurance side or the market. Um, that's why companies like United Healthcare, Stryker, Eli Lilly, are incredibly important. So in some way, your portfolio does need to have 10 to 20% exposure for you to get paid throughout your life or post-life. So please write down 
uh, what percentage of your capital is going to go to life insurance and what percentage is going to go to the healthcare sector. You cannot avoid um, that sector at all. But I will say our physical ailments and diseases that um, are problematic in our community are placed upon us, not because we are collectively lazy or don't. Uh, no, yeah, that's true. Myself. But then also, but also we have to, there's a certain level of accountability that has to be taken because we are, we understand that even traditionally, right. We were given diets that were detrimental to us. Like all the soul food is pretty much slave food that, you know, pig feet, oxtails. These are the worst parts of the animal that was thrown away. And we made, they didn't have an option. They had to make out of their situation. But now we're in 2022. Now we're educated. We don't have to make those same decisions. Now, a lot of times it's done by choice. You're If you're educated and you're still making the same decisions about food that slaves made, then you got to look yourself in the mirror. We know there's liquor stores on every corner, but who told you, who made you drink liquor? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like at some point in time, there has to be some level of accountability to stay, the odds is always going to be stacked against us. Mm-hmm. We black in America, but also so not really have to talk about what our politicians in the land. So when I go to Mexico, which I can't wait to go and set up my place, my God, God is good. Um, the preservatives that are in the food that I eat there are not present in the food that I have in the United States. So yes, we have to make delicacies out of parts that were not favorable. But if Pepsi and Hormel and craft are putting preservatives and extra sodium into everything that we eat. At what point will we ha- keep those companies responsible? And I just say it's the people's job to be responsible for what the corporations are doing based on the lobbying power that they have that the politicians didn't allow. Well, that's true. Yeah, Definitely. That's a big conversation. Definitely. Um, the food industry needs to be held accountable. But once again, we live in America. So, you know, it's beneficial to keep people sick. It's been whole documentary. Very true. Very it's, true. It's, it's profitable. It's profitable to keep people sick. It's not profitable. I want to keep us on the air. Normally, this is my lane. I want to keep <laughs> us on it. So I'm out. Yeah. All right. Well, oh. we'll monitor the situation. I think yeah, we can do Barclays go. next year. I don't want to get our wings clipped. <laughs> have I ever seen what? Dope Sick is a uh, show. That's on, a great um, movie. Yeah, I mean, but one of these things yeah. where it's like the pharmaceutical arm um, industry, right? Where they they made billions of dollars and there's no effort to make people healthy. It's only efforts to put people on medication. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's like this, this is a great book called how not to die. And um, the whole point of the book is that of course everybody dies. Right. But they're saying that 95% of the reasons why people die prematurely are preventable. Like most cancers are preventable. Right. And most of it is through your diet. So the guy that wrote it was a doctor and he was saying that he stopped practicing medicine because they were only teaching people, they were only teaching the doctors how to treat patients with medication, but they weren't teaching the doctors how to tell the people not to get sick. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, okay, you're overweight. Here's blood pressure medication. Why don't you tell them how to lose 50 pounds so they don't, so they're not overweight. (laughs) Like that's probably more beneficial than treating them and now you got to take this medication for the next 30 years. That goes back to the self-accountability part. Like two months ago, I went to the doctor. They said I had high blood pressure. I looked at my wife and we, I said, well, time to change my life like that quick. And it was like, all right, let's cut out sodium. And that was interesting. We just had this like 
epiphany. We were like, we for so long we've been taught that, you know, like, yo, that food don't have no flavor. Yo, we don't have no flavor. And we looked at other cultures and, and, and communities like, yo, that's that food is bland. That food is bland. No preservatives. And it was like it's healthy, yeah. It the reason it is, is because there's no salt added, there's no sodium added into it. And quickly, like I, I literally watched my like my whole body just change and feel different. How much like, weight did you lose? Damn, shout you gonna put me on. Well, I'm just, yeah, yeah, so but like you've been in a glowing. matter you of look good, you've been glowing. Yeah, in a matter of like I say about six weeks, I probably lost like 22 pounds. Proud crazy, you, crazy. Proud and it, it was just it was one of those things where it was like we move so much, and so we're out all the time and we eat bad and we when we do eat it's late and then we're going to sleep and so we try to get exercise in it's like it's just really inconsistent but one thing that can be consistent is the discipline to say all right i'm not doing that right so yeah. like i i stopped drinking soda i stopped eating candy i'm only having water i'm only eating like oatmeal for breakfast and you know what i'm saying like these are the like it was just this mindset yeah. change because i'm looking at myself like when not when i saw the blood pressure red i was just like nah and then the doctor came in he was like yo if we continue this for 10 years you won't be here that's all I needed to hear. I didn't, yeah. that that was it. That was it. And so my wife was like, look, this is what we're doing. I'm like, bet, let's do it. Um, so yeah, man, it, it goes back to that, the education around it and having self-accountability to say like, I, I'm willing to stop this. Is it worth me being here for my kids? That and was it. If you, if you guys need a place to go to have very healthy food, get your tickets for Invest Us UK next year. <laughs> boy but it was interesting i was even at a restaurant i'm like hey like what about this issue? like you americans are so poisoned you don't even know good food i'm like damn but no, even their don't. snacks have have less preservatives than the ones here it's well you know you know what's so crazy yeah. I, I i went to thailand uh five years ago and um you know i was just eating fruit and just the, the pineapples and everything. It tastes like I never tasted pineapples before, but I realized yeah. that's because that the was like real pineapple. Yeah. I, had a, I had a milkshake and it tore my stomach up because that was like real milk. Like, so we get so used to the preservatives and the artificial flavoring and everything that's in our food. When we go to these other countries, that's like real food. Like even our fruit mm -hmm. is not real fruit. This is why you got to yeah. grow your own food. I can have yeah, a whole really. thing about this. But well, I was going to say like, we were, we was in uh, Abu Dhabi. We were sitting we're like, yo, this food is different. He was like, yo, the barriers for us to have food in America are so low that you Absolutely. can put anything in it and it's going to yeah. the FDA is going to pass. Whereas in other countries and other places, they have to have legitimate food or it can't be served for the public. Not the same here, but um, we digress. Health as well. Congratulations. I appreciate yeah. it. You've been glowing, looking good. I know you was tired yesterday, but man, you, you, nah, you were shining. Nah, nah, nah. Um, but I do want to <laughs> give him an ETF really quick. For the yep. healthcare space, please write this down. A VHT, that is Vanguard's um, health ETF. If you go back to 2017, it was at $28.78. It is now at $248.35. So that's been some nice growth. 2020 was a good time to buy in. I'll give you guys a price. Um, everybody in Patterson, write this down. 206 <laughs> 90 will be a good place to enter. <laughs> My option should be solidified in Jersey forever. Yo. Camden, are you listening? <laughs> For real, 206.90. And New Yorkers, you know I love y'all. You, you know, I just want y'all to give me that, that, that route, uh, the loud Harlem energy from now on. <laughs> I love y'all. I love y'all, dearly. My graduates from my school 
being Forbes. Bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs> a mic drop. Bag drop. Bag drop. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.